Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour with Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell, and Tyler Head on your home of the Gamecocks in Columbia. 1075 The Game on 100.3 The Game in Myrtle Beach and 100.5 The Game in Florence. And welcome in to the Garnet Trust Hour here on the game. Doing things a little bit differently today. At the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Last hour, we are now in the Garnet Trust Hour. Myself, Wes Mitchell, along with today's special guest. Name you recognize from South Carolina basketball, Hayden Brown. Joining us in the Herndon Chevrolet Studios. Hayden, thanks so much for taking a little bit of time today. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on and um, inviting me to the show. I'm excited to... Chop it up with you guys for a little bit. Ever done any radio before? Yeah, I've done some radio here and there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're we're pumped, man. We're excited. Uh, you said coming in, you've been busy. So um, why don't you give the Gamecock fans listening, uh, give them a little kind of uh, rundown. Uh, what all have you been up to since we last saw you? I know it's a maybe a loaded question. Since we last saw you, the end of last season, what all have you been doing, man? Yeah, super long story short, at the after the conference tournament last year, um, I took uh, about two weeks off, and then I flew straight to Australia. Um, so I was on the West Coast. I was in Perth, Australia. Um, played a professional stint over there for about five months. Uh, finished up the season about August 5th. 
Um, and then, yeah, traveled up and down the West Coast to kind of mm-hmm. get somewhat of a, a touristy experience as well um, and flew back uh, about a week ago. Um, so I've been back in the States for about a week now, flew into uh, to Houston, drove down to Austin, hung out in Austin for a little bit, um, came back to Greenville, hung out with my parents, now uh, back in Columbia for a little bit, Charleston this weekend, Tennessee to go see my brother. So I'm, I'm jet setting around. You've traveled more in the past five months than I have in my entire life. <laughs> I, well, I feel like we got a lot to unpack here. Like, oh, I, w- yeah. I want to talk about sports, but man, um, that sounds like a lot of fun. So, let's talk Australia first. Yeah. Um, did Did you see crazy animals and creatures out there? Yeah, 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 for sure. So the the cool thing about Australia, right? Like, with it being on the other side of the world, yeah, everything is opposite, right? <laughs> so it was winter when I was over there. Um, the whole summer, quote unquote, for us, it was. Yeah cold there believe it or not um the nights and the mornings got real cold so anyways with that being said snakes spiders those were all like dormant so i actually never saw a snake just out and about um but i heard stories about like just in the summertime how crazy they are how big they are um yeah but i went to a couple wildlife parks that had just strictly aussie animals and wildlife and saw plenty of snakes spiders koalas kangaroos um, uh, wombats, everything. Um, so that was that was an interesting experience. Also, kangaroos, man, like they are the deer of they Australia. Are, they are jacked. Those things are all muscle. Oh, man, everything you see on um, <laughs> like that goes viral. That more often than not, that was in Perth. That okay, a, a yeah. lot of those videos happened. Um, so it was actually kind of cool just just sticking around those. But man, too many people play with kangaroos like they're you know like they'll put them in headlocks and stuff. It's like, dude, leave it alone. Just let it be. An animal, let it eat its grass or do its thing, but yeah, it's cool. Is it true the toilets flush the other way down there? Man, you don't understand how many times I've gotten that question since I've been back. I've been <laughs> back for a week, and I think I've gotten that question like every day um, since I've been back. Um, no, they don't. It's 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 a very it's a centri- it's okay. a central flush, right? Okay. And so, but I will say their uh, their toilets they have the the split where like you flush on the left side if you pee and then okay. you know if you got to do the other thing <laughs> oh you, wow yeah, All you right. flush on the right side so interesting um, I'm yeah l- I'm learning so much water conservation I see uh, yeah, yeah. T- Tyler have you ever have you seen a kangaroo in person I've, like I'm, I've, I'm trying to think I I've, don't think I've only I left have. the United States once so <laughs> so you so you watched the kangaroos from afar basically like you didn't uh, I fed them. You yeah, fe- you fed them. Fed them. Got up real close to them. Shook their hands. You- all of it. Everything. Yeah, all of it. Didn't put them in a headlock though. N- none of that. Yeah, yeah. There, I, there's a line, right? I had you don't respect. Wanna, yeah, I respected you them. You don't cross the line. What right. was your favorite part about that trip? About Australia? Yeah. Oh man, I, probably the people. Um, uh-huh. I'm a I'm a big people guy. Uh, very relational. So just getting to to know a whole different, obviously. Uh, people group on the other side of the oh, world yeah. um, man super cool to see just what they're passionate about what they enjoy doing what they struggle with um, I, I really enjoyed the people so how did this deal about playing basketball there come about where did these conversations kind of start with all that yeah so uh, it was probably right before our uh, season here at South Carolina started um, I was kind of sitting in my room and I was like, wow, I have no idea what I'm doing after this season. Like I didn't have a job lined up. I didn't mm-hmm. have like an agent or anything. Um, and so I just started talking to some of the staff and told them just what I'm passionate about, what I feel like I can see myself doing. 
got connected with a guy um, through Athletes in Action, uh, faith-based like campus ministry. Um, and we, or he reached out. We had like an hour or two long conversation. It was cool. Just kind of caught up, got to know each other. And then a week later, he, uh, he texted me again. He was like, hey, uh, what do you feel or how do you feel about playing basketball in Australia? I was like, oh, that's kind of out of left field. Um, <laughs> but I'm actually, I'm, I'm interested. Like, that's yeah, intriguing. Yeah. Uh, tell me more. Um, and literally, like, the next day, I got on a Zoom call with the whole staff and management of the Lakeside Lightning, which is the, the club that I ended up playing for. Um, and yeah, just getting to know the coaches and getting to know like just their leadership, man, it was, it was really comforting and easy knowing like that was the club that I was going to. Um, obviously if you, if you know me, you know that my faith is like the absolute most important thing in my life. Um, and Lakeside is, um, their slogan is that it's more than just a game. Um, and so they're actually owned and operated by a Baptist church out in Australia. Um, so it was a combination of like ministry and playing basketball at a high level. Um, that was like super obviously intriguing, mm -hmm. uh, to me. And I was like, yeah, that's, I feel like it's made for me. Yeah. That, that was right up your alley. It, it sounds yeah, like perfect exactly. for you. So what, what is, uh, the basketball like over there just in terms, maybe compared to here in terms of like play style and, uh, you know, atmospheres, like are, are they into basketball over there? How, uh, how did that part maybe compare to your experiences here in the States? Yeah, I don't have, like, I can't say this with absolute certainty, but I would go to say basketball is probably the fastest growing sport in Australia. Um, I, once again, I, I don't have any stats to back right, that yeah. up or anything, but just given the way that I saw the community respond to basketball camps or mm -hmm. games or, or any, anything like that. Um, and obviously you got, you have, you have guys in the NBA now, like a Josh Giddy, um, who Australia is like completely backing and if you looked at their like World Cup roster it's just NBA dude after NBA dude um, and so just having more representation here in America I think is like uh, opening up like okay this is the opportunity that basketball can afford to you even as an Australian um, and so yeah I would say uh, it's it's super well received communities really get behind these clubs and these organizations um, and it's it's a really cool environment not anything like Columbia, South Carolina, right? Cause you can't, you can't beat that community and that, um, that support, but, um, it's, it's really cool and unique in its own way. Now, how did you fare in the Australian league? Yeah, pretty well. I feel like my game translates, uh, pretty well. Uh, believe it or not, I struggled with the referees, um, got in foul trouble quite a bit, even <laughs> over there. Um, uh, man, I just can't get away from it. I gotta, I, I don't know what I gotta do. I've been playing basketball my whole life and I've been fouling out my whole life. Um, <laughs> and, uh, so yeah, uh, I think I fared pretty well. It's a different type of basketball, right? Like a lot of guys, especially in the league that I played in, were kind of on the back ends of their careers. Like a lot of young guys starting their careers and then a lot of older guys that had had careers in the NBL or even like in the G League, for example. Mm -hmm. um, and so there's, a, there's an older, I feel like, style and brand of basketball that they play over there. Um, very, very team focused and oriented. Um, it was funny cause like my, my coach over there was from Dallas. So American dude. Um, and we would have certain plays and, and, uh, our offense kind of got us into at the end of it could be like an isolation type of play. 
And it's funny if you go and watch some of the games, like the commentary would be like, wow, these guys, the ball is really sticking with this one. But it's like that's the kind of basketball that we play a lot of times over mm-hmm. here. Um, you kind of get to your spot and, and go to work because you know you're successful at the at the right block or from the left wing or whatever it is. Um, and so it's just different in that regard. Very, very methodical and, and team-oriented. So how do you feel like you kind of um, connected with your teammates? And like you said, you're, you're big into relationships and community mm-hmm. and all that. Um, I imagine even in that short span probably made some connections that you'll you'll probably have for life. Yeah, without a doubt, made some absolutely amazing um, friends, had some amazing teammates, man, all all the guys from top to bottom. Really cool because it, it's crazy how quick the narrative shifted because I was the old guy, right, on, on Carolina's right, yeah, team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I quickly turned into the young guy, believe it or not. <laughs> like we had, I played with a 34, 32, 29, 28. So I was playing with all these older guys um, so it was cool kind of seeing how, how quickly, uh, that kind of dynamic changed and just, I, I love like learning, uh, from people just like that who have gone through so many life experiences, playing experiences. So yeah, absolutely love the group. Did you find yourself kind of playing that role? Like I always think it's kind of interesting in athletics in general, how when like you're the young guy, maybe on a team, you kind of have to, you're like, all right, this guy this is our. This is his room. Like he's the leader. Yeah, yeah. I kind of gotta play my role as I respect his leadership. Yeah. Then, as you kind of go on, you become the old guy, and you know, you kind of look around. And you're like, all right, the juniors and seniors I were looking up to, or I was looking up to, they're gone now. I somebody's got to step into this void. Yeah, yeah. And hey, it looks like it's me. So mm. I always think it's kind of fascinating how any sport, any team, got you kind of have to find your way into whatever your role needs to be for that particular group. Right, right. Yeah, there's like this unspoken hierarchy yes. of, of age or just experience even. Um, so, yeah, that I mean, that definitely is in play even in mm-hmm. Australia or wherever you play. Now, is this a league you're going to go back to next year as well? Possibly. Um, I don't know exactly what I'll be doing um, next year. I only signed a one-year contract, so I'm kind of just – um, keeping my options open, life circumstances, you know, it can ebb and flow. Um, I would love to go back. And at some point I will go back to Australia. Like some, of, like I said, some of the relationships that I built over there, I'm definitely worth going back to whether I, I play for that same club um, or in the same league. Um, I'll definitely go back at least for a vacation. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll see you later. How long is that flight, by the way? Man, it's like the way that I went the other way. So a lot of people go to like LA and then LA to Sydney, Sydney to Perth which makes a lot more sense. But I went um, Houston to Qatar. Like oh. I was in the Middle East and then Qatar to Perth. Um, and so I went the other way, like over Europe and everything. And so my total travel was like 30, 35 hours on the way there because I had a crazy 15-hour layover in Qatar and then 30 hours on the way back. Um, it was a 16-hour flight and a 12-hour flight. My goodness. Yeah, not fun. Yeah, that I don't part- know if I could do that. That part sounds rough. Um, so you, you said you took a, a little West Coast excursion as well. Mm. Uh, you said you were in Austin as well. What what was the experience like uh, you're traveling once you got back to the States? Yeah, I mean, so the West Coast excursion I was talking about was in Perth. Um, so it was the oh, West Coast thought, of Australia. My bad. Yeah, yeah, my yeah. Bad. Um, could have been poorly communicated. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, well, if you want to know about that, that was super sick. Like yeah. just the water there, um, just seeing all the different uh, like – 
environmentally different things. Mm-hmm. Um, just it's so different to anything that we see, especially here in South Carolina. Um, I haven't spent much time on the West Coast of right. the United, United States, States, so yeah. I wouldn't have like a, a way to compare that. But um, so yeah, that was really cool. And then yeah, Austin's cool. It's a it's a different city. I feel That's like it's heard. a it's a younger city. It's uh yeah, I don't I don't know exactly how I feel about it. I was only there for like two days. <laughs> um but man, the coffee was good. The coffee was not too bad. So hey, that's okay. all that matters. Yep. There you go. All right, we'll have more with Hayden Brown as the Garnet Trust Hour rolls on here on the game. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour with Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell, and Tyler Head on your home of the Gamecocks in Columbia, 107.5 The Game. Also heard on 100.3 The Game in Myrtle Beach and 100.5 The Game in Florence. Welcome back in. It's the Garnet Trust Hour here on The Game. Tyler and Wes along with you, today's guest, Former South Carolina basketball player Hayden Brown hanging out with us today. We've learned a lot about Australia in segment number one. Uh, Hayden, though, a lot of people obviously very familiar with what your story coming to South Carolina is, having played several years at the Citadel and you being a part of Coach Paris's first season here at Carolina. He was obviously very familiar familiar with you from his time in the SoCon at uh, Chattanooga. Uh, what... Uh, was kind of the relationship you had with Coach, and how did that eventually lead to you coming here to South Carolina this past season? Yeah, the the relationship was definitely there. I wouldn't say it's a it would be a typical relationship. It was more of like a mutual respect type of relationship. Mm-hmm. So obviously, playing against someone for five years, you kind of get to know them even just informally. Um, and so, like I'm sure him and the rest of the staff was scouting me and got to know me a lot of a lot of ways there. Um, so it was cool to see like. Yes, he knew what he was getting as a basketball player, but just to even see how our relationship developed and grew when he got to know me as a person as well, um, I just really valued that because I got to know him conversely, like outside of just being a coach. Um, and so, yeah, our relationship took off. Um, I think we trusted each other a lot. Um, man, from from day one, I was super bought into just everything that he's about um, from an X's and O's standpoint, but also just from like a general leadership standpoint. Like I really just got behind a lot of the stuff that um, he does and is passionate about. And so, yeah, it was really, really good for me. Being around Coach Paris for, you know, for a full year at South Carolina, what is one thing about him that you feel like maybe Gamecock fans don't know? Uh either as a coach, a person, a man, however you want to take that. Yeah. Um, I do feel like he, he is somewhat private um, as yeah. far as his personal life. Um, Carolina fans obviously see him on the court, press conferences, but what is something about him you think maybe fans would, would like to know? Yeah, yeah. the first word that comes to mind that I oftentimes use to describe him that people I feel like are surprised by is patient. Mm-hmm. He is such a patient um, man, uh, but I think above that, like coach as well. Um, how he, um, even through the obvious like ebbs and flows of the season last year, just like talking to him, I would be like super frustrated after a practice or even after a game. Um, and just like sitting and talking with him and just like hearing the patience in his voice, like the composure and the trust, um, through uh, just an, obviously a difficult time. 
man, it was, it's really good. Like what a, what a great leadership quality to have and to possess. Um, and so, yeah, I feel like fans and, and the community might not understand that fully about him, um, but he's an incredibly patient coach. And I, I just really appreciate that. Now, how, how fiery can he get when the cameras and microphones aren't around? I mean, he he's a he's a coach, right? Like, especially at this level, like you can't afford to not be fiery. But mm-hmm. even even that comes in very short stints, or they're very timely. Um, I think he's super timely with with when he gets fired up um, because of how patient he is. Um, but yeah, I mean, he can he can get going a little bit. But at the end of the day, that was another thing. Like those little stints of being fiery were with so much love behind them, of like. Yeah, it might sound even just from a, like a, a tone standpoint, like it mm. might sound like, oh, he's furious or angry, <laughs> but it was communicated with so much love. Like mm. if he ever was getting on me or any of the other guys, it was met with like, oh, wow, like he's getting on me because he cares about me, because he trusts me as a player and honestly wants the best out of me. Um, and that's, once again, just another quality that's really easy to get behind as a player. Now, I've heard – I know every coach probably is this to an extent, but I've heard he is like a true basketball head. Like this guy Man. loves the game of basketball. Absolutely loves it. Um, it was. It's always funny because um, uh, Benjamin, uh, Bossman's Verdunk, uh, him and I would go to church on Sundays, right? And then we would always pull back into 650 where, where we were living, and we would always see his truck like at the, <laughs> at the facility. Um, no one else on the staff would be there, right? Like that's a good day off, um, day to spend some time with your family. But he was always there watching film, grinding, absolutely knows the game, knows it super well. Um, so yeah, anytime he spoke, it was like, okay, yeah, he knows what he's talking about. He's been to final four. He's, he's, he's won at a very high level. So like, you don't, you don't take the advice that he gives lightly. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, every coach wants you guys to go out there and win every single game, obviously, but what was the expectation level he kind of had for y'all going into this season? It was obviously going to be uphill battle his first season as a head coach in the SEC when so many new pieces coming in this past season. Like what was kind of that level of expectation around the team for this past season going in? Yeah, I think, uh, once again, just another word that comes to mind would be growth. Like, I think there was an expectation to grow. Um, Like, he and the rest of the staff was not going to settle for anything other than a a forward trajectory or an upward trajectory. Um, Like, if there was any sort of regression, like, that was an unmet expectation. But as long as we continued to grow, whether it was a, a tiny inch of a growth or, like, a mile of a growth, which I think we had both, um, at some point uh, throughout the season last year, I think the expectation was to grow and keep moving forward and getting better. And, and I guess I, I know that first year is kind of about trying to just establish what you want the program to be about. And, you know, I know coaches talk about culture all the mm-hmm. time and just that foundation. Um, how, how do you or, or do you think y'all are able to kind of make that progress towards just setting the foundation for the next recruiting classes and the next guys coming in and at least where they come in, they say, oh, this is what this is what we want this program to be about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even in my first conversation with Coach Parrish, like that was something that we talked about because um, obviously you can't, you can't sugarcoat that or like over-recruit that. It's a first-year program. There's mm-hmm. going to be um, like hard times. There's going to be um, difficulties and, and trials and whatnot. Um, and so we knew that that was going to be the case, but it was like for me personally, I, I – saw it as such a blessing to like start something and maybe not be on the the 
uh, glamorous, like mm-hmm. outside, because I think they will be successful. I don't know when that day will be, but I like that's how much I believe in what Coach Paris is about and and how he recruits and how he plays. Um, and I knew that that might not be the case for me, but laying the groundwork and the framework for what that would eventually look like was super exciting to me. Um, and so we had a lot of early conversations about that. And I think even just with the guys that are returning from the group last year, um, you look at a guy like Jacoby and even somebody like Ebo who didn't play last year, but he was very much so involved and around. Um, those are like big culture setting guys. Michi, obviously, I could name everybody that came back from last mm-hmm. year. And I think I would I would go to say that they are an integral part of like what the culture is and is going to be as well. How did you guys deal with the ebbs and flows of the season? Because you obviously had the highs of like beating Kentucky. You take Alabama down to the wire. Then you also have the ugly games against Tennessee. Like it was so up and down and up and down. How did you guys deal with that internally? Yeah, man, I was hoping no one was going to bring up the Alabama game. That still haunts me. Um, I really wish we would have got that one. But um, yeah, I think um, it's tough too, right? Because we were so young, excluding myself and and Ebo, really. Um, It was a very young team. Mm -hmm. Um, and so with that comes a lot of like emotions and a lot of different like, oh, I don't know necessarily how to cope with this. So um, for us, it was trying to just be and set the best example of like, okay, it's okay. This one loss, as ugly as it was, doesn't completely define our season. Like we still have chances and opportunities to get better, to grow all the things that we were talking about before. Um, but yeah, I would say, I would say just having the conversations was a very like practical thing that we did. Um, even when it was an uncomfortable conversation or somebody was mad at somebody or, um, whatever, we kind of just, uh, knew what we could do was lock arms and, and get together and get behind each other. Well, even some of the other transfers, like, you know, Michi, he's a guy coming in, not a freshman, but he hadn't really played as an extensive, like, starter at Ohio State. So he comes in. We actually had him in for the hour as well, man. Could not be more impressed with that guy. And I I feel like he's at the point where he's about to take another giant leap forward in his progression as a player. Um, what what did you maybe see from Michi as he sort of uh, grew into his role last year and then maybe carrying that forward to this year? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I second what you say. Like, I'm super excited to see um, just how much he grows because his, his talent has obviously always been there. Mm-hmm. That was never a question. But I think, like, having the experience of even just, like, having such a uh, – a, big role on the team last year like I think that's really going to propel him um, in a really good way for him individually but also for the team because the ball's in his hands a lot Um, and when a whole team can trust him having the ball in his hands um, it's gonna it's gonna help everybody Um, because he man to this day like phenomenal score we know that like we know he's gonna have the the crazy like long threes and everything but I still think he is one of the best passers that I've ever played with like he's a phenomenal point guard um and so I think yeah like it's going to be it's going to be a really uh, good year for him to really um just kind of step almost into that leadership role um even I would still consider him a younger guy mm-hmm. um but but I think he has a lot of opportunity and I think he's definitely taken that role um and that opportunity in stride and from from what I hear and what I see We'll continue our conversation with Hayden Brown as the Garnet Trust Hour rolls on here on The Game. 
what you're talking about. Sponsored by Love Chevrolet. On your home of the Gamecocks in Columbia, 107.5 The Game. Also heard on 100.3 The Game in Myrtle Beach and 100.5 The Game in Florence. Welcome back in. Garnet Trust Hour here on The Game. Tyler and Wes along with you. Today's guest, Hayden Brown, former South Carolina men's basketball player. Uh, we're talking a little bit about uh, the team this past season. For you personally, again, you played a lot of college basketball leading up your time at South Carolina. And obviously when you were at the Citadel, you played plenty of power opponents in the non-conference. What was the jump like, though, going from playing in the SOCON to playing in the SEC? Yeah, it's funny. We just had this exact same conversation off air. Um, so I already got to... I feel like okay. I prepared you for I got this a warm, question. I got a warm-up answer already. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Even at the Citadel, we did have those like those buy games where we would go to a Georgia, for example, or Texas or Florida State. So I had definitely played at that level before. So the expectation was kind of set and also similar. But I think the biggest change was like night in, night out. Mm. It's not like an occasional game or because uh, we, we would have like, I think, three of those games a year. Right. This was our whole season. Um, this past year so I think that was going to be the biggest adjustment and it sure enough was like everybody at that level is going to be bigger faster taller stronger all the things from a physical standpoint Um, so yeah that was definitely going to be the biggest adjustment so now that the college career is over um, maybe you can split this up to your time at the Citadel and your year at South Carolina what were were maybe your favorite moments or just your your favorite aspects of those two opportunities that you're going to kind of look back on and and probably always remember yeah yeah so i'll give one for each school um so at the citadel we played at duke my fifth year Mm -hmm. um it was coach k's last season um paulo bencaro mark williams like uh they had a crazy roster um and to play at cameron indoor is every kid's dream and i grew up in north carolina so i grew up a wake forest fan um believe it or not i don't know if people know that about me or not um but yeah so to to play in cameron indoor was absolutely insane um and to we broke the record for most threes from a visiting opponent made in a game i mean we definitely still lost but we made (laughs) i think we made 25 threes or something ridiculous like when i tell you i think i scored two layups and then I think Stephen Clark had a couple buckets around the rim as well. Um, outside of that, You're everybody on our threes. team just shooting. Every, <laughs> I mean, every time down the court. Because their defense was so big. Like, it was so hard for us yeah. to, to get down there. But anyways, that was an absolutely amazing experience. Um, once in a lifetime type of thing. And then here, um, man, I, like, how can you beat the Kentucky game? Like, mm-hmm. If that Alabama game would have went the way that I think every single person in this uh, community wanted it to go, um, then I think that one would definitely be up there. But to win at Rupp Arena against uh, such a legendary coach and Coach Cal um, and, and to play against some of those NBA guys, like, wow, what a what a really cool opportunity. And to do it on the road, like, people don't go into Rupp Arena and win. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like both playing in Cameron and winning at Rupp that's probably something like you literally will tell your grandkids about yeah. like oh, 40, yeah. you know, 40, like you're just like, Hey, have you seen this picture of me back in the day? I played there and I, I won there and I, right. I, I, di- I didn't realize you were a Wake Forest fan. Yeah. Growing up. yeah. So I, I got to imagine 
the butterflies were maybe popping a little bit extra going into Cameron Indoor. Like, what what was it like just walking, even just walking into a place like that and warming up? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was crazy because I, I spent my entire childhood mm-hmm. watching those games when they would obviously play each other. Um, but interestingly enough, our house was very much so divided. So my brother and my dad absolutely loved Duke. Like, they mm-hmm. were Duke through and through. My mom's super neutral. She just liked whoever her boys liked. Right. Um, but I was, like, the standalone Wake Forest fan. And so, like, there was a lot of Duke exposure as well. So for me to walk in there, um, yes, it was it was really humbling. It was really, like, um, just a weird feeling. Like, I saw Nolan Smith and John Shire and mm-hmm. um, all those guys just give Wake Forest buckets for all those years. And it's like, now I'm about to hopefully give some of these guys buckets right um but it, i think it was also really special because my whole family was able to go to that game so for my dad and my brother who oh, were yeah. diehard duke fans growing up for them to go see a game at cameron indoor with coach k dude i mean i just i remember looking at them and they were just smiling the whole game we're <laughs> down by 20 and they're up there cheesing yeah. um, just because it's such a cool place to play yeah just special for them special for you and for them i'm sure um so obviously we're in football season right now. Mm. This, uh, you know, this town, this community gets a little crazy for some Gamecock football. Did you get, did you get to experience the uh, Gamecock football tailgating and student section life uh, when you were here? Yeah, yeah, I did. We we had some uh, recruits that would come by and we tailgated a little bit, and that was always fun. Um, yeah, and just like even being in the the little student athlete section of the games, yeah, super cool. Uh, I mean, the environment is unbeatable. Like, how do you how do you beat that? Um, especially with the lights and everything now. Like, yeah, they're doing it right and they're doing it well. Um, but yeah, going to see even when they played uh, Georgia here last year, like once again an unfortunate game for for the Gamecock community, but but cool um, to to play against such a a powerhouse team um and to play them at a high level hopefully that's who we play this weekend right yes. yeah um hopefully there's a little bit of a revenge factor and we can kind of shock some people this year um that's my hope at least but yeah the tailgate the the whole college game day experience especially here um was phenomenal yeah south Carolina fans hoping for at least a little bit better showing than for that game. Uh, keep it close. Let's see what happens. Yeah. You know, Spencer Rattler playing at a at a great level right oh, now, yeah. though. So, so they'll, they'll have a shot. It'll just uh, it'll be tough. Obviously, Georgia a tough team. Um, hey, so one of the other things we always talk about on here is food, mm. and we like to let the fans get to know our guests a little bit off the field, off the court. And we were giving Elijah a little bit of trouble out there earlier. I was about all the sugar yeah. in his coffee. But I also noticed you said you said Austin has great coffee. Austin, Texas yeah. does. So what um what what's your coffee go to? Like are you um are you going like kind of bougie on the coffee? Or are you more like I just like coffee black? What's what's the go to order? Yeah, so my my coffee experience, I, I wasn't a big coffee guy, honestly, until I got to Columbia. Mm-hmm. Um, started going to uh, Sweetwaters, um, and they have a, a cold brew down there. It's called the Dreamy. Um, I really, really enjoyed it, right? But at the end of the day, it was a, a sugary version of coffee. Yes. Um, and I didn't realize how good real, like, coffee is until i got to australia because the cafe and coffee culture over there is unmatched like they have their own beans it's not always imported like it is here everybody has an espresso machine in their house like 
every single person it seems like um and so uh yeah i I just got used to that and what that tasted like um so my go-to now is just a simple oat milk latte like i can't i can't do just like a straight double shot of espresso like to the head um (laughs) but you throw some milk in there man it changes everything um so i absolutely love just a regular oat milk latte so you kind of like a coffee snob now that you've been to Australia. And I hate to say theirs. it. I hate to say it, but I feel like I am. And if I'm not right now, I feel like I'm growing into one. So I need everybody to kind of humble me and make sure I don't turn into one. Well, so may- maybe you just kind of start uh, Hayden's Coffee Shop at some hey. point and and bring some of that. There you go. Australian culture and coffee yeah, over yeah. here. Like you guys, you guys know my like Instagram handle. Hey, bro, chill. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so, bro, chill beans. Maybe writes itself. I mean, I don't know. I, you could get the kangaroo to be like a part of the yeah. logo. Like, would tie all this in. We just created a business. I have business partners. Look yes. at this. I'm, I'm in. I'm in. I've, I'm going to speak for Jeremy uh, uh, Jeremy Smith and say Garnet <laughs> Trust is in too. There we I go. I don't know how much I can offer in terms of an investment, <laughs> but I'm there for moral support. But there you can go. throw in like, you know, hey guys, check this out on yeah, the radio for free. free advertising. We just, yeah, we won't tell anybody. Um, you just let us know where you want to start building this and we'll go from there. Easy. Let's yeah, do it. Five points, here we come. Um, but no, and and so Hayden, I, I guess, let's let's talk business a little bit. NIL, you were recruited bef- when NIL was like a rumor. Right. And then as you were in college, towards the end of your college career, NIL became a reality. Right. So um, h- how was kind of your experience just through the prism of NIL and how do you think it's maybe changed the the game or, or changed college athletics, I guess is the better way to say it. Yeah. I think the, the trigger phrase is that it changed the college landscape. Like mm, people love go. using that landscape term. Um, but it has, like, I can't sit here and laugh about it cause it has, it absolutely mm-hmm. has. Um, and it's funny because I remember the summer that it was passed like we were, we did like a team building activity at the Citadel. Um, we were coming back from the BMW plant um, and we just went there as a team. And I remember like everybody's Twitter started blowing up and yeah, I just remember it almost like it was yesterday. Um, and so with it being so fresh and, and being at the Citadel, like it, it was as I'm would imagine it was for most schools, a pretty difficult, like first couple years after the, the law was passed. Um, and so I didn't get a, a, crazy large taste of what that looked like um mm-hmm. but then coming here obviously like just the opportunities that were afforded to me here i mean especially through garnet trust it was it was incredible um and i feel like i i came in and left at a really sweet spot um to where it, like it didn't impact certain decisions that i was making but mm-hmm. i also got a taste of what it yeah. is like and what it will be um and so that was really cool and I, i'm super thankful for even just the year of the opportunity that i had last year We'll come back and wrap up today's edition of the Garnet Trust Hour with Hayden Brown. Up next, listening to uh, the Garnet Trust Hour here on The Game. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour with Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell, and Tyler Head on your home of the Gamecocks in Columbia, 107.5 The Game. Also heard on 100.3 The Game in Myrtle Beach and 100.5 The Game in Florence. All right, welcome back in. It is the Garnet Trust Hour here on the game. Tyler and Wes along with you. 
guest today, Hayden Brown, with us for a couple more minutes. Uh, Hayden, one of my favorite things that happened on several broadcasts last year was where the TV would show a picture of you from your time at Citadel oh. and now you at South Carolina. Because, of course, at <laughs> Citadel, you had to be a little more uh-huh. clean shave and a little more clean cut. And, man, once you got to Carolina, you just let it grow out, let let the flow go, which still got going on right now. Uh, has that always been you or was that just kind of a thing like, hey, new place, new me kind of thing? Or, or what was the deal with that? Yeah, that's also a, a highly asked question. Uh, but it makes sense, right? Like completely bald uh, for my freshman year, I don't know if they they showed pictures of my freshman year, but that, like, I didn't have any hair. So I was bald and without a beard. Uh-huh. Um, but, yeah, so my my junior and senior year of high school, I actually did grow my hair out. Okay. Um, so I had kind of tested what that looked like, but I couldn't grow anything on my face. Right. Um, and so I went through, obviously, five years at the Citadel, shaving every single day. Um, I guess prep my face to grow somewhat of a beard. I don't know if it's a good beard or, or what it is, but better than um, mine. Oh no, I don't know about that. Um, but uh, yeah, so yeah, why not? You know, when you shave every single day and you can't have a stubble on your face, then letting it go is the most freeing thing that you can possibly do. Um, so yeah, it, and they like they check that every single day oh, at the Citadel every morning. Formation, morning formation. You get inspected, personal appearance inspection. Um, yeah, they, they look for it. They'd send you right back up to your room to shave it if they saw any sort of patch or anything. Jeez. Yeah, man. Intense. Um, so obviously you said that was very like a common question you get, you get the question about, you know, SEC, how's it different? Are are there any other questions you just get? You said the toilet question in Australia, you always get asked. Is there anything else that's on the top five? Oh man, people always ask me that. Or did we did we check them all off? Checked a lot off, but I, <laughs> checking the boxes. I think, yeah, the the snakes and spiders is a is a common yeah. one as well over in Australia. Um, yeah, I think the Citadel is like, or like, how are you still playing? That was a big question last year. Like, how are you still possibly even around? Yeah, um, yeah, that's a popular one. Well, and we often like to talk about you know like college athletes in general that felt like they hung around forever, and I definitely think you're names gonna be in that conversation like man hayden brown played played like 10 years of college basketball that's what it feels like that's what my body is telling me as well (laughs) you you feeling it oh man i feel like i'm i'm 25 going on 30 yeah yeah wait wait till you wait till you hit your 30s man it's uh (laughs) i'll take my time yeah do do (laughs) do that um but uh so you you were around the team was that last week or that was this past monday monday Monday. okay um did you have a speech for them, or were you just over there kind of chilling? How, yeah, how was that? No, nah, no speech, no speech, but got to know the younger guys. Um, I hadn't met some of them. Um, got to know them, got to reconnect with, obviously, my old teammates from last year. Um, but, yeah, just wanted to be around. Just uh, I miss it already, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, just watched practice, hung around in the locker room a little bit, talked to the coaches and the staff, and uh, yeah, just reconnected and, and caught back up with everybody. Speaking of guys you're familiar with, Stephen Clark transferring in now from the Citadel. What can you tell us about him? Uh, man, he's a he's a workhorse, first of all. Um, you'll always catch him in the gym. Um, but he's also, like, if, if I'm laying the ball up and he's not guarding me, I'm scared that it's going to be smeared on the backboard. Um, like, from a, from a weak side shot blocking standpoint, like, he – Man, he covered me so much uh, for those couple of years that we played together at the Citadel. I'd get 
dusted and blown by um, and and he'd clean it up for me. So um, I definitely would anticipate him doing the same uh, for the Gamecocks this year. Um, but yeah, just a just a great guy as well. One of one of my best friends. Um, just a good guy. Uh, great to be around. Great teammate uh, and absolutely cares. Mm-hmm. Um, we were talking about how much guys like Michi care. Um, I think there's a lot of guys on this team that just care a lot about winning, about being successful, about um, putting the work in. And so he's definitely one of those guys. And how much of an influence did you have on him coming to South Carolina? Uh, we definitely talked. We talked a, a, a fair amount. Um, I, I tried to keep all personal opinions out of it. Um, I tried to answer questions honestly, but I also wasn't going to sit there and, and shake him until he <laughs> committed to South Carolina. Um, selfishly, yes, I wanted him to come here, um, but I also I wanted it to be his experience. I wanted it to be his decision. Um, and so I gave him freedom to do that. And I think he, he knew exactly what I was going to give him. How, how much time we got, Tyler? Uh, about a minute and a half. Okay. All right. So um, anything else about the team that caught your attention? I, I keep hearing also about this Colin Murray-Boyles kid, Oh, freshman. Man, local he's a guy. problem. He's a problem. Going to be pretty um, good? I'm super excited to see him play this year. And I, I really enjoyed even getting to know him. We went to dinner uh, on Monday night and just, just talking to him. Super down-to-earth guy. Uh, really, really enjoyed like his maturity and just saw even how coachable he was even just at that one practice. So I think the, the sky is the limit for him. Any any goals for this team going into year two, you think, just in your opinion, not speaking for Coach Paris or anything, but what do you think is the next step, I guess, is the way to ask it? Yeah, I think I think just building on what we what we started last year. Obviously, like that that's the easy out answer. Um, but I think yeah, winning at at a at a high level and a more consistent level, right? Like to eliminate the ebbs and flows of the Alabama versus Tennessee type of games. Um, just be more consistent, whether that be offensively or defensively. I don't know what they need to focus on more. I need to be around, I guess. But yeah, how do you think uh, Gigi is going to be as a pro? Oh man. I, he's another one that I think his potential is, is through the roof. Um, I think he's obviously got a lot of work to do. Um, I think he can, um, develop in a, in a really good and healthy way. Um, if he really wants to, and I think he does want to. Um, and so I think he's another one where just the sky's the limit for him. Yeah, man. I, I think, um, obviously Gamecock fans enjoyed watching you for a year, man. Enjoyed hearing from you today. Um, any, anything else you want to kind of speak to the Gamecock fans that, uh, supported you for the last year and and just any message for them real quick yeah man uh, thank you so much um thank you for believing in me trusting in me um i i felt the support and the love from the community all of last year it wasn't even a full calendar year man and i I feel like i'm a gamecock for life so i appreciate you guys well we certainly appreciate you hanging out with us and we uh, wish you the best of luck and whatever's next for you hayden awesome thank you guys so much all right that'll do it for today's edition of the garnet trust hour halftime show with myself and elijah coming up next here on the game Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's $200 to use on point spreads Money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. 
Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050-427 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text Hope NY in New York.